Welcome to the Southwest Apostolic Church Podcast. Southwest Apostolic Church is located 3161 South Rowena Street, Indianapolis, Indiana 46241. Our services are Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, Sunday evening at 7 o'clock, and on Tuesdays we have a prayer meeting at 730. And at 7.30 on Wednesdays we have our Bible class. Of course, you're welcome to any and all of these services. This podcast will be dedicated to the subject of discipleship, and we say thanks for listening, and let's get right into the teaching. God bless. Well, today, today we have a lesson, and I had no idea that I can remember when we taught, started our lesson on Wednesday night about being a disciple, and then I picked the book up last night and looked out the book, and it's uh, choosing to be a disciple. <laughs> so today will be discipleship part two. Amen. <laughs> Wednesday we might have part three, because I was already thinking of a part two, but this might be, I don't know if where we'll go, how far we'll go with it, but today will be part two. All right, so let's look at it again. Let's go to our focus verses, Luke 6, 13 through 16. And it says, When it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for those that are in the house one more time. One more time. Help us with all these subjects and what we're talking about today. Amen. 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 The truth about God says God does not force people, but he invites them to follow him. And like I said, Wednesday, just to kind of recap what we talked about Wednesday was Jesus said, follow me. Uh, and many got up and left and they denied theirself and they took up their cross and decided that they would follow him and be his disciple. And we talked about Wednesday that you can't be a disciple unless you have a self-denial and willing to do, take up your cross, whatever God's plan is for your life and whatever God wants you to do in your life, unless you're willing to be his disciple and deny yourself, you can't be one, he said. So uh, when I was thinking about that then, after we talked about it on Wednesday, and I was thinking about that, that sound kind of, you know, you think about it when you preach, and I felt like, man, that was like my old pastor used to say, bone cutting, you know, sometimes the word gets right down in there, man, and it, you think, man, that's pretty strong stuff, but you can't go around the word, and sometimes the word is pretty strong, isn't it? Amen. Sometimes what the Bible says and what Jesus said are pretty, are pretty uh, strong, Amen. and pretty straightforward. And uh, so we we talked about that Wednesday, but then I got to thinking about the benefits of that. So since we're talking about being a disciple, uh, the big idea today is I will respond to Jesus and follow Him as a disciple. One who learns, a pupil, like we talked about Wednesday. But now there's some aspects then we talked about, about being a disciple. And it, 
And we talked about death. We talked about dying out to self. We talked about repentance. We talked about all those things. But then I got to thinking about that. The next step is sometimes, see, you could look at that and say, well, you know, they don't want me to think. They just want me to be a robot and they don't want me to have no feelings and do not, you know, you're saying I got to die. And in other words, what I think don't matter. And no, 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 none of that. None of that. None of that. That's not what it means at all. But the, there's something I thought about. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. What's the rest of that, somebody? It abideth alone. So we can, you know, be selfish and worry about ourselves all the time. Think about ourselves all the time. Not think about other people. And you know what happens to selfish people? They abide alone. Isn't that true? I told Sister Young the other day, we were at the, at the uh, Cracker Barrel, and she said, I, that old man's sitting over there by himself. And uh, she said, I hate to see him sitting over there by himself. I said, well, you know, I just talked plain to her. I said, well, it's one or two things. Either, either he don't have nobody to be with him, or he's just a grumpy old man. Nobody wants to be around him. <laughs> you know, I wasn't making a judgment about him. I just said, well, it's one of the two things. And she said, I'm going to go... I'm going to go ask him if I can pay for his meal. And he, he said, and uh, she got up and went over there and said, Sir, would it be all right if I paid for your meal? And he said, No, it wouldn't be all right. Instead of saying, Well, that'd be awful nice of you, but thanks anyway. Or I'm okay, thank you very much. I think we found out which one it was. <laughs> Are you see what I'm saying? So Jesus, when he tells us to deny ourselves and he tells us to take up our cross, that means when he tells us to get involved in the work of God and get involved in salvation of mankind and get involved in the things of God and, and give of yourself like he did. See, that's the cross. He gave himself on the cross. So he said, so when he tells us, when he tells us to do those things, there's something that happens. Now I got to reading about it. You put a seed in the ground and a seed is made up of three parts. I was thinking, I, I think this was right, if I remember right. You got the skin, and then there's, a, there's two other parts in there. And uh, what happens is you put a seed in the ground, and then and I got to thinking about how this goes along with salvation. The seed began, you put it in the ground, and it's buried. Okay? But then this water the, 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 the seed begins to deteriorate or rot or uh, germinate, okay? And what happens is you've got, you've got burial, and then the water starts seeping in. The, the skin of the seed begins to break down, okay? And water starts to get inside the seed. Are you with me now? Amen. Whoo, hallelujah. So you got the death, you got the burial, and then the water comes in. You got to have sun and water. So you got the water comes in, and the water starts feeding that internal part of the seed. And that seed begins to grow and sprout. And then after that seed grows and sprouts and comes up out of the ground, I think you ought to repent and be buried and then you need to be baptized in water yeah. and come up out of the ground in oh, Jesus' name. <laughs> so therefore, you can't preach about being a disciple unless you preach about death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> so Jesus said, except it die unless it goes through the process that I have ordained, you see. And the process of being a disciple is no different than that putting a seed in the ground. Amen. And you put that seed in the ground and the skin begins to deteriorate and lets water in. Water comes in, gives, and, and then it's buried. Water comes in, and then, like I said, it sprouts and begins to grow. But then, instead of just one seed, you see, God doesn't want just me to be saved. He wants my family to be saved. Amen. Amen. He doesn't just want, let's say he moves into a, it's like Sister Young's family. When her mother and her aunt got saved, God didn't just want her mother and her aunt to be saved. She wanted her mother's children to be saved. He wanted her mother's aunt's children. He went, wait a minute, I got confused. <laughs> he wanted her mother's children to be saved. He wanted her aunt's children to be saved. You see? And the way for that to happen is for all of us to partake of the, 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 the process of being a disciple. And see, when I... And, and let me tell you something. You've got a lot better chance of your children being saved if you really die out to God than if you do if you don't. Amen. 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 You, amen. you can only be an influence to somebody when you really give of what you're supposed to give. Amen. You know, worst thing to do is talk to your kids about church and then go light up a cigarette on the porch. <laughs> They're just going to look at you. Got quiet on that. Or you know, a big chaw in your mouth. You know, you know, you repent. That's just an example. But are you with? You know, you can't talk about being a Christian to somebody, and then while you're sitting there with your husband, berate your husband in front of somebody, and then talk about. But the the process really works when we really die out to ourselves, and we really take up our cross. And we, amen, and we obey the gospel, and the water comes in, and this life comes from that process. And then, and then, okay, let's say, uh, it's, uh, the Bible says a corn of wheat in the King James, but it's really a seed uh, of any kind. So let's say you, you, grow, you put corn. Now, we're still talking about being a disciple here. Because we're talking about the process that Jesus ordained. Okay? So, unless, the corn, unless that corn of wheat falls in the ground, it could be a seed of wheat, it could be corn, it could be a cherry tree or whatever, orange tree, whatever. Let's say a cherry tree. Now, unless that seed falls in the ground and goes through the process that is ordained of God. How many believe there are some things that are ordained of God? There is a process, the Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. Okay? So when you sow of yourself, and you give yourself, and you succumb to the process of God, there's, some, there's a life that comes that you would not have otherwise. Amen. And there's a life that the church has that other people don't have. Amen. And it's not because we're better. It's not because we're smarter. It's not because we got more money. It's because we obeyed the gospel. Amen. 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 And what I'm saying is, we have uh, uh, we have a, 
it gives us, now it's not a thing that and we're better than anybody, but I want to tell you something. The process bears fruit. And the process brings life, okay? So when you put a cherry tree in the ground, you get a cherry tree that grows up. And then not only do you get, well, like a corn, uh, corn when the seed is buried and it goes through the process of, uh, and you go through the process of being a disciple, then the plan of God is the thing that God, you see, the thing that God has ordained is for our family, this house to be full of our families. Amen. I believe that. Okay? And now, if your family's not here, that doesn't mean you haven't died out. That means they got a mind of their own. <laughs> okay? But if the process, if, you see, and I preached about it a couple weeks ago, the process of God, you see, God's got a process. And when he talks about being a disciple, that's part of his process. You learn and you grow. Okay? So that seed begins to grow. We grow in Christ. We grow in the knowledge of God. And we grow in the things. We should be growing. Now, if something happens and that seed gets, gets drowned or gets too much water or it gets too much sunlight with not enough ground, and you know, you got to be balanced. The idea is to really try to be balanced. Amen. Isn't that right? Yes. You know, I can, you can harp on some things and harp on some things and, and forget other things. But the idea is to be balanced. So when the seed gets the, uh, you know, when Jesus said, except the corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, I'm going to tell you something. That's quite a phrase. Amen. I mean, we hear a little phrase like that, but do you understand what's going into that? Yeah. Do you know that he understood every bit of what he was talking about? <laughs> do you understand he created that process? Hallelujah. Amen. Woo! Amen. Praise the Lord. He's the one that said, let there be light, and there was light. Praise Amen. God. So when he said, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone, he knew exactly what he was talking about. He knew exactly the process. He knew how it worked. He knew how the atoms worked. He knew how the genes worked. He, knew how, he knows how the molecules worked. Don't let me forget where I'm at here, but I just got a thought. <laughs> I was listening on YouTube to these professors the other day. And ladies and gentlemen, they don't tell you this, but if you listen to the right voices, evolution's in trouble. Because when they first started with evolution, everybody thought the universe was infinite and had always been. So they said, well, you get a cell and over billions of years... Billions and billions of years, that cell does what it does, survival of the fittest, and then we come out of the mud and we became a human. Okay. But now, now, now they have discovered, they discovered the human genome. In other words, the DNA. Okay. And in the 50s, a man named Crick discovered this helix and thing they call DNA, and I'm not no scientist, but I did understand what they were saying. And in that DNA are uh, proteins. And these proteins, you have to have, now of course this is all microscopic, okay? <laughs> That's what got me thinking about this when I talked about that seed dying. We got to think about what's going on microscopically, okay? Or we think about what's going on in the spirit, you see? 
So when you deal with people and you talk about dying, you're talking about, that's why I said when I was preaching Wednesday, that was a highly spiritual message. <laughs> Not because it was me, but because it's his word. Amen. It involves his principles. Amen. It involves what he designed, not what I designed. His decision, his design. Okay. So now, so now we're back to the helix here. <laughs> and it's got these proteins in there. And, and they found out that there's a code in there. That these proteins are, uh, when, they, when they study them, they're in sequence. Okay, and they're like this protein, this protein, and it's like the numbers in when you write a software program, zeros and ones. Okay, now, and the and these these guys and <laughs> there's there's three guys I can't remember their names right off the top of my head, so I won't say them. But one was a, uh, the, I mean, and this I'm listening to this thing, and they got these guys sitting in this room on YouTube, and these guys are sitting there and they're talking. And they're all sitting in these big chairs like these right here. They're all sitting in these chairs. Uh -oh. And there's three of them. And, you know, they're all sitting here. One's here, one's here. And then this guy's giving them an interview. <laughs> and these guys are all PhDs, doctorates, professorships. And uh, one of them uh, believes in intelligent design. One of them was a computer scientist at some, you know, Cambridge or something like, you know, High mucky mucks, they call them. <laughs> and one guy is a mathematician and a doctor of philosophy. Now, these, when you talk about mathematicians on this level, we ain't talking about two plus two no more. <laughs> We're talking about quantum physics, whatever that means. It's way up there. X2 times V5 times, and then they got, uh, they got little symbols. They put that symbol there, and that symbol equals an equation about that long. So they don't write it all out. They just put the little scribble there. And the guy that knows that knows that this times this. And then you got to do all that times that. You know. But anyway, these guys were talking. And I was fascinated because they had wrote a couple books. And one of them, had, one of them wrote the book. One of them uh, wrote an article about the book. And the other one, and it was Dar uh, about Darwin's doubt or something. But it was the fact, with, the fact of the matter is the probability, okay, the probability, when you get this process going, the probability of, here's the problem with Darwin. They said evolution had unlimited time. Well, they, then they found out they, that if you go, if they found out that the universe was getting further apart and they started studying radiation and understood that if there's a background heat here and the radiation, the universe is getting bigger, Wait a minute. Now we got to start thinking about what happens if we go backwards. So then, and then they had problems. Some scientists said, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can't go back to a beginning because <laughs> that's going to make the Bible right. We can't, we can't do that. But they found out, and any, every, every, about everybody believes nowadays in the Big Bang. In other words, if you took everything backwards, you're going to get back to a point of nothing. You're going to get to a black hole, Okay like a black hole or something, and you're going to have nothing. And then out of that nothing, that, now they, they still don't know what, they don't say what, I know what caused it. Do you know what caused it? <laughs> they don't know what caused the Big Bang. They, and they, okay, 
But now, so now, is this, is this all right? We're still talking about being a disciple. Because I want to tell you something. Being a disciple is a process. Amen. And it's God's process. It's not my process. But it's his process. Yeah. Just like the universe is his universe. Amen. Just like it was created. Amen. When God's out of nothing and God said, let there be light. Praise the Lord. Amen. He began the process now. Amen. Amen. He began something that beyond man's understanding Amen. and beyond man's comprehension. Praise yeah. the Lord. Amen. And Jesus explained it with a seed. Wow. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm starting to enjoy this, so forgive me. We might be here a while, Fraser. Oh, that's my Lord, brother. My Lord. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now they're saying, wait a minute. Now, if you use scientific, the probability of the proteins being in the right order to create life and then going from this cell generating proteins in the right order and do that in right order and right order and right order until you get to where we are. They said, you don't, and well, let me just say it like this. If you do it mathematically now, now that they say the universe can, they figure, they, if they figure how old it is, well, then they go back this far. And let's say now, I think they say now the universe is 13.8 billion years old. I never do understand how they, it's not 13.72 billion, but that's beside the point. Okay, but now they say, wait a minute, if we can put a time on the, on the universe of 13.8 billion years, the evolutionist does not have time for things to develop like they said they developed. Yeah. Bless you, Lord. Do you understand? Yeah. Now you put time in the equation and there's not enough time for to do the math. These guys were talking about this stuff and I hung with them a little bit. And I understood what they were saying. <laughs> One night, I, year, a few years ago, I, was, I thought, I'm going to look at something on physics. I'm going to learn about physics. <laughs> 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 so I dialed up this dude. <laughs> He's some Harvard professor. Physics 101. Well, he started off, and I hung with him for just a few minutes until he started writing this stuff on the board. And then he did one of them squiggles, and he said, this squiggle equals this. And then, and, you know, and I said, well, I think I don't understand physics very well. <laughs> and I think I need to, I got to be a little smarter. I got to be a little smarter, okay? But now, now they're figuring out that time is involved. So if, you, if the universe is going out, that means if you go back in time, that you're going to go back to nothing. So now you've got time and the mathematical probabilities of a sump cell being nothing and and uh, growing into something like we had. There's not enough time for that to be. And these guys, and they said, now any son, now some people, and they said Darwinism, there's the old Darwinism, and Darwinism is in trouble because. Open-minded scientists are looking at this and they're saying, now wait a minute, now we've got a time problem, but the hardliners are saying, nope, Darwin's settled. You know, you always get the hardliners, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's settled, it's settled. No, new, no, no. It's called dogmatic. You know, you have to take in new information when you get it. Right. You have to deal with things like new information. And when you get new information, you have to process it and you have to deal with it. Amen. 
It's like when somebody hears the gospel, they get an input of information and they got to think about it. Jesus calling people to be a disciple. Then they have to make a decision. They have to deal with that information. Well, it's the same way. And Darwinism doesn't have time. But dogmatic doesn't. It's like, uh, you're, uh, hang on with me. This is, I'm just, it's just getting too big for me almost. There was a time when they thought that the earth was the center of the universe. They thought the earth stood still and the sun went around the earth. And isn't that what it looks like if you stand there and watch it? If you stand there in the morning and watch that sun go up in the, come up in the east and you stand in your front yard and you watch it go down in the west, what's moving? We think the sun's moving. But we are. And we're spinning. I don't know how fast the earth is spinning right now. As big as it is, it's spinning. I don't know how many thousand miles an hour it's spinning. So I'm trying to remember the scientist Capricorn or Capricornus or somebody started, <laughs> started doing these theories and these mathematical equations. And back in the early centuries, uh, when the Roman Catholic Church was involved and when uh, he started coming up with these theories, they were dogmatic and they said, no, the Bible doesn't say that. No, we got to, we, but guess what? You got, so therefore, if, the, if, the, if what they prove is true, then we got to look at what the Bible says and say, wait a minute, now what's this really saying? So understand? <laughs> so then they found out all this stuff. So now the earth, there's not enough time for Darwin, for this process to happen. And the dogmatic people don't want to accept it. And they, they didn't want to accept, some people did not want to accept the fact that the earth was not standing still. But the fact of the matter is, the earth is not standing still. Okay? So you have to, you have to evolve. And even in our lives, in a, when we grow, that's part of growing is evolving in a sense. Not, not, I'm not talking about Darwinism, I'm talking about growing. And they said they really don't have a problem with the with a bird developing a different kind of beak depends you know if he's if in a thicker fur or something. They said that that kind of really happens. That's kind of built in to our system. You know, it's kind of like a human's got certain. <laughs> Man, it's getting too big. I got to slow down. I'm still talking. Believe it or not, I'm still talking about being a disciple or not. You understand? We're still talking about Jesus said, "Follow me," and there's a process involved, but. <laughs> So hang on, I got, I got to get back to the, to the math here for a minute. So they said it's not, there's not enough time now. So they said now if you use Darwin's theory of cause and effect, if you can look at something and you have to and figure out why it is, you, it, it's scientific to go backwards and look at it and say what caused that? What do we know causes that? Okay. Now, now they got science saying, now wait a minute. Now, if we look at cells and we look at proteins and we look at DNA and we understand that it's got a code on it and we say, now, what causes code? We know that now we don't know. It's not saying there's a God, but we do know it takes intelligent design. It takes intelligent placing of those proteins and intelligent. It takes a certain sequence for a protein to be what it is and for it to grow. And we can honestly say scientifically, what is the source of information? We don't know. They say scientists say we don't really know, but we do know that a mind produces information. Amen. Yeah. We know about that. 
We do know any information that's written down, a book, a computer, a scroll, anything, comes from a mind. So now there's, they're saying... Now you got these real smart scientists and they do believe in God, but they're saying, hey, we're not even saying this to say there's a God. We're just saying that you can look at the science and realize that there's intelligent design. We could say an intelligence of some kind put that in there. Amen. Amen. Now then you get the atheists and say, well, it could have been an alien from another universe or something. Well, see, Brother Terry's on it there because that's what they said. They could say, oh, well, you could supposit an alien in it, but then you got to go back and say, where'd he come from? Okay. And now that, that's where you get this process they call multiverse. Now they say, well, you know, they want to expand. The, remember, I told you they didn't have enough math. So now they're saying, well, the, the, the perfect design of the universe and the perfect design, the earth is just the right size, the sun is just where it needs to be. Our atmosphere is just perfect for us to live here. And all this stuff is just like it should be for life to be here. And they say the mathematical probability of that is just astounding. And they start saying like 10 to the 79th power, which means trillions, okay? Okay. But then, so the smart atheist says, well, if you have enough, if you got it, if you got unlimited amount of universes, Well, then developing, then somewhere, it's like you put, they say you put a bunch of monkeys in a room with a typewriter for a million years. One of them might come up with a sentence of Shakespeare. <laughs> that's what they say. I'm not, you know, that's. So if you got enough time and you got all these universes going, and our universe is just part of it, and you got all these, well, they say, well, that's okay. You can think that too, but then you got to think back where all them other universes come from. But the man was saying, like he said, the thing, you go back to an intelligence and it's scientific that code comes from one source. Now, maybe there's another source. Maybe they, you know, and the scientist, he has to say this. But, you know, if he believes in God, he can say he believes it's God. But even scientifically, they have proven that what is designed has an intelligence behind it. And that's what I'm trying to say. Our discipleship, although somebody preaching hard and saying, Repent of your sins and turn to God and take up your cross and deny yourself might sound like a hard message, but I want to tell you it's part of the process that comes from an intelligence that's way beyond ours. Amen. Yeah, yeah. It comes from a smartness and intelligence. It comes from the mind of God and the plan of God can be so confounding and so big, but it can be explained by the death of a seed. Amen. 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 It's so simple that a child don't err there. If he obeys it, when anybody that obeys the gospel and heeds the call to being a disciple, then opens themselves up to the process of God. Amen. Amen. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. And now back to the seed. That stalk grows and it's part of growing. You know, if that's a, if that corn grows and you know, Jesus talked about this. He said, the sower went forth to sow. And the seed falls on different kind of hearts. And the heart is different kind of ground. Amen. Okay? 
Seed falls on a stony heart, a hard heart, an unbelieving heart, un, uh, not understanding, and then it just lays there and it, it doesn't do any good and the birds come and eat it. It doesn't bring any fruit. It doesn't do anybody any good. Okay? Then he said the seed is sown on stony ground. This seed, though, it goes under the dirt and it springs up and it grows and it starts to blow. And, but then the sun comes out. And there's no root in that seed. There's no root in that plant. And it, and it withers up and it dies. And Jesus said, that's like a heart that, uh, he said, it doesn't have any root. It, and when heat comes and persecution comes and real living comes and the trials of life come, it withers up and dies because it don't have no root in it. You see, part of the, part of the seed, the, start, the seed starts to, to produce roots. Okay, the roots come out and go down into the ground to keep the seed where it belongs. And then when the roots go down and then the seed goes through the process, then you get the stalk coming up. Okay, so see, so the part of being a disciple is getting your roots down. Amen. Amen. That's just a big part of man. This discipleship thing might have ten parts before it's over. Part of being a disciple is getting your roots down. And I went to the prison and talked to those men, and I told every one of them, I said, when you get out of here, you need to find you a Bible believing, preaching truth teaching church and you need to go sit there and listen and you need to hear what the pastor says and you need to be his friend and ask his advice and learn from him and do what he says and get your roots down then you can prosper you can't prosper with your roots not down tumbleweeds will never prosper a tumbleweed is just that it's just a tumbleweed but a true disciple puts down roots. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. A true disciple puts down roots. And he stays. He goes to church and said, that's my church. I'm going to go there. I'm going to follow the teachings. I'm going to listen to what they say. And I'm going to put my roots down. And I'm going to be a follower. And I'm going to grow thereby. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to grow into something really beautiful. And my life's going to be beautiful. And my family can be affected. Praise the Lord. If I put my roots down and say, okay, what, you know. But so many people. But no, I... I talked to some of those guys after they got out of prison. They didn't listen to me. One guy called me. I mean, he hadn't been out of prison for a week, but somebody he met at the prison, some ministry came, and this ministry's got him coming and got him preaching to everybody. All of a sudden, he went from behind the prison wall to preaching. I understand that's possible, but you understand what I'm saying too. God could use somebody immediately, I'm sure of that. But that doesn't negate the fact he still needs to get his roots down. But the fact what they do, they just start, oh, all of a sudden, instead of uh, getting their roots down, all of a sudden they got their own ministry, you see. Right. But I'm going to tell you something, corn is corn. And corn grows a certain way. And cherries grow a certain way. And I'm going to tell you something, saints grow a certain way. Amen. Church members grow a certain way. And somebody said, do you want your church to grow? Or, you know, you can have a lot of people, but that's just swelling. You don't want swelling. You want growth. You don't want your baby's ankles just to start swelling and him stay little. You want your baby to start growing. You want to start growing. 
The church need, needs to grow. The, the pe people need to get their roots down. They need to be disciples of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And plant themselves. And say, hey, 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 I'm going to grow. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. And now, and then see what I was going to get to at the very beginning, which I went way out and around and got back to. The process of the beauty of obeying the call of a discipleship. Now, that doesn't mean life's going to go the way you want it. That doesn't mean you, if you follow God and you do obey the will of God and you do live for God, you might get called to, you know, people get called to be missionaries and they have to make a heartbreaking decision to leave their families. And they don't do it because they don't care about their families. That's what we were talking about last week. They don't do it because they don't love their family. But if the call of God is real, and if the call of God is absolutely true, then they have to, as part of the process, they have to suffer that. You see? I'm not willing to say the call of God's not real because I believe in it. And I believe it calls people. And it calls people to go through things. And it causes people to go places. And it causes them to give up things. And it causes growth. All of it goes together. So, but the beauty of being a disciple, okay, now he, okay, now see, here's an example. Here's an example. Jesus calls everybody, we talked about all this. He didn't call just a se separate group. He didn't just call, he, now these were Jewish people, of course, but the bottom line is now he calls everybody. But now notice these 12, he, he picked 12. Now those 12, if you study history and traditionally, most of them, Peter got crucified upside down. Paul got his head cut off, they say. And just about all of them suffered persecution. So probably somewhat has to do with what Jesus said. You know, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Okay, And they did. They followed him. The Apostle Paul, he replaced Judas, you see. And then the Apostle Paul. Oh, now, so what? where does it end up? Well, I don't know, but the Bible does tell me that the city of God has the names of the apostles in it. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. But I do get a picture of the New Jerusalem and in the beautiful treasured diamonds, emeralds foundation is the names written of the 12 apostles. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We might talk about a city, and we might talk about a city with streets of gold, and that's all, and it could very, and we might very well walk on streets of gold, okay? But I'm going to tell you something. If that, but I'm here to tell you, I think that is one thing it could be is just an expression of the beauty of what's involved in the city. Okay, now can you imagine the beauty of a city when you walk out of here? You don't have potholes going from here to the stop sign. And I beat your car to death when you leave the church. Amen. <laughs> we need to pray about that. I wonder if they haven't, they paved every street around here except the one that leads to this church. Oh. It's the truth. Huh? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> I know what you know. That's probably what you know. I know stuff. No, but it, I mean, if you just look at it, I can look at it and say every street around here is paved with that one. 
And I don't know what caused it or didn't cause it. And it might not have nothing to do with it. I think Brother Matthews checked it. They were supposed to pay me, but they haven't. But go, we're going to a place so you don't have to worry about that. Amen, brother. We're going to a place that's magnificent, you see. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We're going into eternity. How do you explain that? How do you explain the beauty? How do you explain what's set before us? How do you explain eternity? How do you explain a beautiful city where there's no sign? Hallelujah. And the Lamb Himself is the light. How do you explain what goes behind that? Just like you explain how a corn goes in the ground and comes up a big old stalk with ears coming out of it. With beautiful ears of corn. Beautiful. And it stalk of corn get way up there. And he grows beautifully. And the ears come out. And there's all kind of fruit there. Yes. How do you get a cherry tree from one little seed? And Jesus said like this, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Yeah. Whew. It's the least of all seeds. You see, the kingdom of God is made up of people that not what the world... We're not, we're not a bunch of billionaires sitting here. And God can make us one if He wants to. I'm all for it. But what I'm saying is not many mighty and not many mightier and not many noble are called. Praise the Lord. Some are. Yes, they are. Some people are rich and they get called. Yes, yes, yes. And it's all good. It's all good. But He said the mustard seed is the least of all seeds. But when you plant that mustard seed, hallelujah, he said it begins to grow and it begins to produce. A, and in the end, it produces a big old tree. Praise the Lord. Yes, Praise the Lord. There's a big mustard tree there. Hallelujah. And the birds and everybody gets comfort from that tree. Amen. And it provides shade. And it does all the things the tree's supposed to do. And it all started with a little seed. So when you talk about discipleship, you talk about the call, you talk about the prerequisites, what's involved. Like we said Wednesday night, you cannot be a disciple unless you repent of your sins. You cannot be a disciple until you die out to yourself. You cannot be a disciple until you take up your cross and follow him. It is impossible. But now we're looking, okay, if I do that, what happens? That's what we're talking about. And the, the and and I went out on my little scientific rant there, just to express the fact that the beauty of a life that is given to God. How can you explain it? And if we and when you say, well, I still got troubles. Well, I'm living for God, and I still got yeah, I got troubles. I'm living for God, and I still got troubles. But a lot of my troubles come from what I did before I was living for God. Amen. <laughs> The blessings of God maketh us rich and they addeth no sorrow. But the beauty of it is we get a beautiful life. And I've told you before, I don't think I'd be alive without it. And I've had, God's been good to me. I can look back over the years and say, oh man, I've had a hard time. But I got, uh, Sister Young and I were talking a little bit about this, you know, and I was preaching about the process. If you follow God and you worry about, and you worry about things crashing in on you. But like I said earlier, when you live for God and you, Jesus said, if you build your house on the rock and he said, when the storms come, that house will stand still. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. The wind and the sea and the rain won't take it out. Praise God. Amen. 
So sometimes the devil try to make us worry. But we can say, like we quoted earlier, I can boldly say the Lord is going to help me. Praise the Lord. That I ain't been playing no games. I've been living for God with all my heart. Can you say the same? If you can say the same, you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So being a disciple is a beautiful thing. And who... Now see, there's something about... Uh, a seed when it starts to grow, you notice a seed will go towards the light. Yes, it does. does it not? Yes, <laughs> and when you preach the word, if somebody's got a desire to grow, they'll go towards that word. Hallelujah. They'll go towards that light. They'll they'll follow they'll follow the spirit. Right. The the light and the word. Of God and the Spirit of God. Amen. The Word of God gives us illumination. The Word of God gives us understanding. And if we really desire to know God, we bend toward that. Amen. And we go towards that and whatever's back over here. You know, and I, 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 don't, I don't want to be a guy that harps on certain things. But I'm going to tell you something. You start living for God and you start serving God and you start letting the process of God work and you start moving towards the Word and listening to the instruction and the illumination of the Word and the illumination of the sunlight spirit and you move towards that. It brings a growth and other stuff just brings death. Amen. Amen. And in time, and in time, the seed's going to die. If the seed doesn't get life, the seed's going to die. And there's a lot in our world. That's why we need to preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Part of being a disciple. He said, go out there and teach them some things. Teach them whatever I've commanded you. Because let them get involved in this life-giving process of being a disciple. Amen. And if they will follow it and live it. Now, see the problem. I heard a preacher say, uh, he said, the problem is, Every problem, he, I'm paraphrasing, I'm trying to say it like he did, okay? I, I might not be exact, but I don't want to go home worried about what I said here. <laughs> but he said, he said every problem he ever dealt with, if I can remember his words, was, in, was, was a, par, a, a product of the fact somebody wasn't doing what the Word of God said to do. Somewhere... Somebody's not obeying the word and it brings problems and it brings all that. But see, the beauty is for the seed to come on up out of the ground and the seed to be nourished by the rain and by the sun of God. And that seed will produce something. And like I said earlier, if every, now just think about it, if everybody. What would it be like if the world would obey the word and the world would follow God and the world it would would families not be better off or not? Would the, would our country be better off? Yes or no? Would the world be better off? Yes or no? Would Mars Hill be better off if guys walked away from heroin and they walked away from drugs and they walked away from? things that tied them into this world and they say put me bury me in the ground and let me be a disciple and let me grow and be what God called me to be amen let me sprout let me have the life of a disciple let me have the life of following God 
So that's the beauty of being a disciple. I know it might be hard and rough when you hear somebody preach like we did Wednesday about a seed falling ground and die and you got to die. You know, that's hard. That was bone cutting stuff. But when you look at the process involved. Now see, that's the <laughs> man is made up of a body, soul and spirit. Now they debate whether the division between the spirit and the soul, but there is, they say. Okay, there's body, soul, and a seed has three parts to it. The skin, and they got two other names. One part that begins to die and produce the chemicals, the other part that eats off of those chemicals, and the skin breaks down, lets the water in, and then there's a process. See, Paul talked about the church and he said that God would bless you and my paraphrase and God would that your whole body, soul and spirit would be refreshed. Your heart would be better. Your mind would be better. Your life would be better. Your physical life will be better. Your spiritual everything about your life is better when you become a disciple of Jesus. You say, well, them guys died upside down. Well, that's just... <laughs> see, that don't sound too pretty there about being a disciple, Brother Young. Let me find it. Let me find it. Because I was reading this too. The other day, you say, well, Paul died and Peter died. Yeah, they did. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and what body do they come? Thou fool, thou that which sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be but the bare grain. It may chance of weed or some other grain, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased Him, and to every seed His own body. So well, Peter died. Yeah, he died, but he was he, that body was planted, you see. My God, All flesh is not the same flesh. But there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, and another of fishes, and another of birds. And that is exactly what Genesis says. Yes, sir. There are also celestial bodies. That means uh, earth, heavenly bodies and bodies terrestrial. That's earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one. And the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun. He's trying to explain here. And he said, and another glory of the moon. And another glory of the stars. One star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness 
It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so you put things into perspective. I was thinking about this. I think it was last night. Death is part of the process. God is so wise. Now he told Adam, he said, the day you eat that fruit, you're going to die. But I'm going to tell you something. He knows all about the process involved in that too. Amen. And he can take that process and make something good out of it, you see. Right. My God is a good God. Yes, My God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. So the value of being a disciple, who could put their money on it? Who could put the value in? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. And when you see the value of being a disciple and you see the value of what God can do and what he wants to do and how he wants to bless and how it all goes together. How and when you see that, how in the world could you look back to the world? Peter said it's like a dog going back to his vomit. So today, let's ask God, say, God, open my eyes to the beauty of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, we love you today. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of being your disciple. Open our understanding, Lord, and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Sister Young. Come. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Southwest Apostolic Church. If we can help you, we will. Give us a call, 317-227-0182. Send us an email, SWAC3161 at gmail. If we can help you, we want to. God bless. Thanks for listening.